Welcome to the Fix Your Watchers podcast, where I own Stefan. Our mission is to equip, encourage, and exhort individuals through apologetics, fellow prophecy, and discipleship while emphasizing the gospel message. Pray that you are blessed by today's episode. It's the West Coast Gospel Hour. It's current events here on Fig Tree Watchers. That's tonight as I'll be joined by Io. So join us and welcome everyone. It is so good to be doing a live broadcast with everyone. Uh, and uh, we want to welcome you. We hope that uh, you are excited for tonight as this is a live current event. We haven't done one of these in a while with my uh, partner, Brother Io, and I am so excited. It is going to be fantastic. So uh, strap yourself in, call Grandma, call Uncle Bob, call Aunt Susie, uh, get your sister, your dad, your mom uh, gathered around your iPhone because this is a live broadcast from Fig Tree Watchers as we discuss the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. Wow, we haven't done one of these in a while. I am actually rusty. I, I almost forgot how to do this. It's kind of crazy. So uh, as we get ready to uh, do this. So invite everyone. And uh, oh, look who's all here. We got a bunch of people coming in. We're going to, it is so good to see you. I'm going to invite my partner Io on there and uh, see if he gets on here as soon as he Awesome. Send invites out to everyone, and uh, it'll be great tonight. There he is. Hey, everybody. The man of the hour, Brother Io. Yeah, no. <laughs> that would be honored. That's how we do this, right? It's been so long. Well, I guess it's for you, your introduction, because you always have, like, a fancy introduction to do with it. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, why don't we get started with prayer? Uh, because the last thing we want is a lot of dead time. So uh, let's get started because we have a lot of stuff to go over. Yeah, of course. Uh, Father, we just thank you for uh, today, Lord. We thank you for another opportunity to just uh, come together uh, using technology to talk about your word, to talk about the last days, uh, to encourage fellow believers by your soon return. We invest you guide Brother Stefan and I as we talk about these things we say. Uh, conform to your word, Lord, that you just simply use us as your mouthpieces to uh, communicate truth uh, to your children, Lord, and that the gospel is also communicated tonight as well. So we pray that those who are watching, listening today, and after the fact that they're blessed by this, that they're encouraged, and that those who have not believed in their son, that uh, that your Holy Spirit works, that your Holy Spirit convicts them of their need to repent, to believe in your son, um, and, and just experience the the hope that they can have in Christ and also the promise that they can have in Christ as well. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome, everyone. It is so glad. Go, so, I'm so glad to see all of you on here. Boy, I can't even talk tonight. <laughs> uh, hey, if you don't know, we've been doing the podcast thing for quite some time. Uh, you can check us out on Fig Tree Watchers uh, on the podcast. We've been doing the current events there. The Ephesians Bible Study uh, just finished episode six, so we're going to be launching that one very quickly. And uh, so... Uh, stay tuned on the podcast. Uh, we're in 43 countries now. It's kind of crazy uh, how huge the podcast has taken off. And, uh, of course, we're doing it because the sound quality is better and, and uh, for a lot of reasons out there. And then, of course, you can see the show notes from this will be posted tonight up on our website, uh, as always. So, um, 
thank you everyone for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Io, why don't you get us started tonight and uh, tell us where we are first? Yeah. So first, those of you going through two articles from Harvard News Daily, as you guys know, if you listen to our podcasts on a regular basis, we usually start that way. Not because we have to, but it's because the content is great. They talk about a lot of things we talk about in terms of current events, how lines to follow prophecy. And what I love about their articles too, from different writers and different authors, is that they really use it to point back to the gospel and then point back to why we should have hope or why we should live holy. Um, so likewise, these two articles are going to talk about do the same thing. Uh, so the first one here, uh, the title is Bible Prophecy Illuminates the Dangers of Our Day While Assuring Us of a Joyous Future, which is what we always do when we come on, right? Whether we're doing IG Lives that we've done for two years or whether it's just the, the new podcast format, we always talk about Bible Prophecy, say, hey, these are the crazy things happening, but... God is on his throne. He's coming back. Uh, so likewise, this is what the article talks about. The article says, Bible prophecy illuminates the dangers of our day while at the same time assuring us of a joyous future regardless of the lines we face in our world. The awareness that the world is rapidly moving toward the events described in Revelation 6 and 13. We can then, you know, talk about a different, you know, Bible prophecy, right? Ezekiel 38, uh, things in Isaiah, Jeremiah, on and on. It gives us all gives all of us hope because the signals of the nearness of Jesus appearing to take us home. Such an anticipation relieves any fears that might arise from the deadly perils around us and encourages us to press forward in serving our Lord. So again, that's just a great reminder as we start this out that this is why we talk about these things, that we talk about the craziness of the world. We say, yes, this is what's happening. It's true. We shouldn't, you know, run from it or we shouldn't, we shouldn't try to bury our heads in the sand. It's happening. We should acknowledge it. But we have the hope that, man, we won't have to face what's coming in the tribulation. These things that are happening, as worse as they are, or as bad as they are, they're going to get way worse later, and we won't be a part of that. We have a joyous future. So that's the things we have to remind ourselves about. And the second article here, Brother Stefan and I will be going over it together uh, from Harbinger's Daily again. The title is, He's Coming Now What? And then they have five reasons here. So I'll first just dive into a little bit of the article, and then both of us will go over these five reasons. So they say, do you look forward to the future? Jesus is coming. Judgment is coming. A new heaven and new earth are coming. Does that excite you? Or does this strike fear and dread in your hearts? So these are questions we have to ask ourselves. Does that excite you? Does that excite me? Or does it strike fear and dread? And obviously for the believer, that should excite us, right? But we're not given a spirit of fear. Today, I want to look briefly at some of the last verses in the Bible on Revelation 22. At this point, the Paul John had written everything that needs to be said about the end times to return. What was left was the personal application of knowing that these things will come to pass. In other words, since Jesus could come back at any moment, what should we do about it? That's the golden question. Revelation 22 shows us five responses, and these are five ones that Brother Spine are going to talk about right now. Walk, worship, witness, work, and willingness. So I'm going to go over the first one, and then Brother Spine will go over the second, and then we'll go from there. So first, we have to have a walk that corresponds to the truth. God gave us the book of Revelation so you might walk in obedience to him and live in the light of his coming. Knowing that he's coming back should make us less temporal and more eternal in our perspective, our choices, and our relationships. And they quote here, reference here, 2 Peter 3, verse 10 and 12. Brother, can you do the second one for us? Yeah, I actually want to elaborate on that yeah. one a little bit. And you know why? Um, because I think that this is the most important thing. Uh, to talk about. Look, 
why should we think about an internal perspective? Well, Colossians uh, 3, 1 through 3 tells us this, right? It says, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we will appear with him in glory, right? This is so important for us to understand that we're not to set our mind on the things of the earth, but we're supposed to set our mind on the things above. I think I'm more guilty of that than anybody. I'm the guiltiest of it, I will say, right? Because I'm always thinking about, oh my goodness, the, the governor just passed this law. And it seems like every day in California, there's another horrific law that just got passed. Like they're trying to outdo each other, right? Up at the state legislature and say, okay, I'm going to pass the most evil law ever. And then a week later, someone else goes, oh no, I'm going to beat that evil law. I'm going to pass this one, right? Um you know, we're dealing with the, the, the fact that in California, they, they just passed these horrific laws dealing with, with child sex trafficking, making it no longer a felony. They, they, they passed it. And it was unbelievable that every Democrat voted against felonizing sex trafficking. I mean, you would think that would be like the most logical thing to do. Let's just make it a felony, right? That will reduce people wanting to do sex trafficking. No, it won't, according to them. So what do you do as a Christian? You sit there and worry about something you can't control, or do you put your hands in a heavenly perspective and ask God, vengeance is yours, Lord. Mm -hmm. How much longer are you going to allow this to happen? When are you going to do something about it, Lord? And you take it to God and you go, this is your, you need to do something because I can't. I, as an individual, cannot because anything I do is stupid, right? That's when you really have to go to God and you have to trust that God's plan is greater than your plan. And I struggle with this. When I saw this one, I was like, man, this is really good. But I struggle with this from an earthly perspective. So let me get into the second one and you can yeah. comment on it. The second response we should have is to worship. Let me ask you this. Can you hear about Jesus Christ vanquishing all the enemies of the earth and setting up an eternal kingdom and walk away from that not worshiping God? When you read about what God has in store for us, how can you remain nonchalant? Yeah. This is the thing that, that I think frustrates Io and I the most when we're dealing with preterists, and I'll just say this and be quiet, is they have no idea, no concept that evil is around the corner because they're still living in this kumbaya moment. But because we understand that evil's around the corner as pre-millennialists, and it, it's it's getting worse, and it's only going to get worse. We have no other choice but to worship God. Yeah, yeah, I would really say that's that's um, the the full preterist for sure, because they believe kind of. If you guys don't know preterism, it's just a belief that about prophecy has been fulfilled in seventy eighty. Now, the full preterist believed it's all been fulfilled in seventy eighty. Partial preterist believe some have, but then some still have future um, fulfillments. So that's kind of what he's alluding to there. Um, so for sure, as premillennialists, as people who believe that Jesus Christ will return after the tribulation and then usher in his kingdom, we believe that there is still evil around the corner. It's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets a whole lot better in the millennial reign of Christ. And because we know these things are going to happen, because we know this can be the millennial reign of Christ, because we know this can be the rapture, going to get the glorified body, he's going to rule and reign with Christ, this going to be new heavens and new earth. And then obviously they say here that Jesus is going to vanquish uh, the enemies of God, right? So the Antichrist non-believers the tribulation all those things judgment is going to be rendered vengeance is the lord he's going to judge how can we not say wow lord that's that's amazing and that's one of the reasons we love talking about the rapture and the, the last days and premillennialism 
because we know it excites us and it gives people hope. And it's like, again, if you read those things, how can you not go, God, you are awesome. We don't deserve any of those things, right? We don't deserve to be raptured up before the tribulation. We don't deserve glorified. We don't deserve any of that. We don't deserve salvation. We all know that. We don't deserve any of those things. So because God promises us those things, that's like, wow. So that's what number two, basically, that's the essence of number two. So now number three is the third response to witness. Prophecy will motivate you not only toward godly living, but also toward godly witnessing. How can you read about the tribulation, hell, and judgment and not be moved to share the truth, people? The receiver of the gospel must also be true, the, the transmitter of the gospel. And then that's so important because, you know, that's something else we talk about as well, the importance about prophecy. Well, prophecy is not an a end of itself, right? So we use it to share the gospel. We use it to say at the end of a lot of our lives or a lot of our podcasts, we say, hey, we talked about this believer to encourage you for the non-believer to say, this is coming. Avoid it by trusting in Christ so you don't have to go through this triumph. So you don't have to go into hell. So we use it as a tool to communicate these truths to people. So yeah, that's that. I mean, that's what I'll say on that. I'm sure you have some thoughts on number three as well. Yeah, I it's the analogy of the bridge being out. Um, if you know that the bridge is out, you're going to warn people. Well, in this case, the bridge is out. It's broken down. And not only that, but they're laying on the road, you know, bombs, mines on the road to uh, wipe you out as well. You know, um, these, this is the end times, folks. Uh, we're living in it. And so you need to tell as many people as you can about Jesus every single moment of every single day. Um, yesterday, I, I had a couple um, in my office and I just started sharing the gospel with them, you know, and talking about it. And I, I, I got just bolder and bolder and bolder as the moments went by. And I was waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. Um, because I started to get kind of like really, really deep and really into it. And uh, all of a sudden, the lady looked at me and she goes, I didn't know any of this stuff. I, I, I had no idea that how real Jesus was. I was giving apologetics and everything else. And she goes, I always thought it was a white man's religion. I didn't realize that it was true. And it was it was incredible um, to be able to hit her with the truth and, and tell her that. And the guy next to her goes, no, he's telling you the absolute truth. He goes, I knew this stuff. He goes, my, you know, my grandfather told me about this and I've always ignored it. I just thought it was this moment, right? The bridge is out. You're going to share the gospel. And that's what we need to do. We need to bring it back to everyone around us, every neighbor, everyone um, that we see and tell them about Jesus because we're running out of time. And the fourth response is to work, right? It's to do the work of the gospel. Now, before anyone goes crazy, right? We're not talking about works for salvation, right? You're already saved. As a Christian, we're saved. But remember what Paul told uh, mentioned in Acts to King Agrippa. He said, you need to do works worthy of your repentance, right? As Christians, we need to do the work of the kingdom of God. Um, you're not saved by works, but in heaven, you will be rewarded based on what you're doing for Jesus Christ now, right? These are the works that a believer does. Uh, and that's recorded in 2 Corinthians 5.10. How much of your time and talent do you spend serving God, right? Today is the day of your opportunity. Today, right now, you need to take that opportunity. Let's work while you have time. While the, while the sun's shining, you need to, to go do the hay, take care of the hay, right? And I, I think that that's real important because we are running out of time. 
And by the way, just to say this, some of these responses that are here are almost identical to eight reasons to study Bible prophecy that we have on our website. You can go check out that article that we wrote, um, probably the longest article we've ever written in our life. Um, and it took it took the longest period of time to write it. But we we comment on these very same things, probably a little bit more in depth and deeper, but this is the time. And I really want to encourage you, go look at that article, let it strengthen you, and let it encourage you to share your faith. One of the things that Brother Arnaio and I talk about all the time struggling with something and saying in our life or, or that and we hold each other accountable we call each other up all the time and I say to them go share the gospel you can't think about sin and share the gospel at the same time it's impossible so if you're in that quiet moment and Satan's attacking you get up go share the gospel with someone because you can't sin and share the gospel at the same time it's impossible you can't lust and share the gospel you can't lust after a woman or a guy and share the gospel it's impossible because you're talking about jesus and all of a sudden you forget everything about this world because you're focused on sharing jesus with someone yeah yeah i love your reference about uh the article too because as i was going through this i was thinking back to again powerful and a lot of the bullet points here that we went through it's literally you know word for not word for word but similar to the things we wrote written and i think that just goes to show that that's not because we're geniuses where for being exactly right just like this author this author's geniuses we're all getting this from the bible right? right so we're just scrolling from the same source which is scripture so it's no it's no surprise that we're all getting the same thing i think it just further confirms the truth of what god's word is saying in these different areas as you're talking about work my mind just went to ephesians 2 8 and 10 which i'm sure a lot of us know for bright grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves is the gift of god and as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before and probably should walk in them. It's like Brother Stefan said, we're not saved by good works. But once you are saved, you're prepared for, created for good works. You should actually walk it out, right? If you're a believer. So this is what this is. And then the context of all prophecy, again, it's, it's if you know that, hey, that Jesus Christ can come at any moment. And obviously, too, we know that, you know, life short our breath our life is just like a vapor we get me here today gone tomorrow so we also have to keep that in account but if we know that you know we only have limited time right around the corner is essentially the tribulation and we have unsafe loved ones that's friends unsafe co-workers how much more should we be sharing the gospel how much more should we be busy about the father's business things like that and the fifth and final reason here the article brought up is um the fifth and final response is actually an invitation to the unbeliever if they're willing. If you haven't yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can come right now and drink of his free, refreshing, eternal springs of water. Um, and again, they got that from Revelation 22, which says, whoever is thirsty, come. Um, and that's just, that's just beautiful to me. I love that verse in Revelation 22. But it's, again, what we often end with, right? We say, we talk about these things to encourage fellow believers and to use it as a means to share the gospel to a non-believer. Um, so as, we, as we're going to be talking about these different articles, that's just what we're going to be getting into. Hey, real quick, we have a question here from Shine the Light Brightly. She says, um, uh, like, what have you said? Give us some examples of what you have said to start a conversation with a person sharing the gospel with them. Well, the first thing I do, honestly, is when I meet someone, I ask the Lord every time, God, open up a door or shut the door. 
let me know if this is the right person or not the right person, right? Because I'm at work, right? I'm supposed to do the work that to show myself before my boss, right? But it doesn't mean I can't share the gospel while I'm at work, right? So I always pray and say, God, give me the moment. Let me know when there's an opening there that I can have. And I, over the last couple of years, I've just become in tune to that opening. Or I can sense when the Lord tells me to shut up. There's been like three times where I've heard God say, shut up, don't say a word to this individual, right? And um, so I'll ask some probing questions, you know, about them. Uh, I'll I'll try to find out something uh, about them and, and probe, you know, and, and ask different questions about it and see what they what they say to different things. Right. And I think that's the first thing you do. Um, and then you ask them, you know, what they care about. What do you really interesting question? But everybody wants to tell you what they care about. What do you care about? What do you like to do in your free time? Right. And that gets the door opening up because they want to talk about this. And that's fantastic. And then you bring something in that bridges that gap. Remember, Paul says that you're an ambassador of reconciliation. You're trying to reconcile them to Christ. You take the bridge, that you, the common ground that you have, and you use that to present the gospel. That's why I'm not really big on screaming at people with megaphones, right? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I mean, is that necessarily wrong? No, but you're not being an ambassador of reconciliation, and you're probably turning them off right? You want to build what you have with them as common ground and bring them to Jesus Christ. Um, to the Jew, be a Jew. To the Greek, be a Greek, Paul said, right? To the weak, be weak. To the strong, be strong. So that's kind of my my thinking. What do you have to say about that, Brother Ryan? Yeah, and those are, those are really great tips. I think we can all do this differently. How Brother Stefan does it will be different than how I do it and how you do it. So great question. Um, and just one note, like, Brother, I mean, we, we often talk throughout the week, but he has amazing opportunities through his job to share the gospel with people. Again, just through trying to sell a car somewhere and just help things, you know, help people out with that. The, the conversation he's talking about is just blowing my mind. So it's the Lord has definitely placed him there for a reason. And, and I think we should all look at that in that way, wherever you are, whether, you know, you're at a great job, bad job, whether you're not even a job, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or whatever. The Lord has placed you there for a reason. You can serve Him and, and glorify Him and share the gospel that way um, wherever He's placed you. So that's important. And I love what He said about prayer because that's—I mean, we can't—we can't do this without the Lord, right? Um, so it's not about how much you know. I mean, again, we talk about things like apologetics and law prophecy, but you don't have to have a PhD to share the gospel. It's not your PhD that's going to convert someone, right? It's the right. Lord. He's the one that converts. So the first thing we have to do—that's so important—is to pray to seek the Lord. You know, whether you have someone in mind or whether you're just saying, Lord, just bring someone to me, pray, seek them. And then, you know, after you pray that prayer, also ask them to give you the confidence, the boldness to bring things to memory, all those things. So you have to seek the Lord. And then I like what Bro Stefan said about bridging that gap and asking them questions, you know, because oftentimes we as believers, we feel like we have to go up to someone and then just start sharing the gospel there, then and there. And you can do that. That's not wrong. But oftentimes, how I've found it better to really weave a conversation with someone into the gospel is to ask them questions. Right. So not even think my blues, just be like, hey, you know, I work a lot of industry, for example, and sometimes Indian holidays come up. And I'm like, hey, you know, this Indian holiday, what is it about? And they love talking about, you know, their fasting, their prayer. And then oftentimes, they ask me about my thoughts about the holiday. What do you do? You know, are you a Christian? What do you celebrate? And boom, the door opens, right? 
Um, or maybe it's like Easter sometimes say, Hey, you know, are you going to do anything for Easter? What are you going to do for the weekend? And they talk about like, how about you? And then you can use that to talk about Easter. I'm going to go to church and do you know what the gospel is? And they'll say, no, tell them about it. So it can be actually easier than you think. And as you ask that, as you ask them questions, it brings their guard down and you've kind of opened up the platform, right? Because they know that, okay, you've asked them questions. Now they're asking you. So when you give them the response, they can't really blame you for saying, you know, whatever, because they're answering them, right? So those are some tips that I'll give. Um, to be personal with them, truly care about people because they'll know if you care about them or they'll know if you're just trying to like, you know, pass them over that. Um, so just be personal with people. Care about them, truly love them, truly get to know about them. And through that conversation, through knowing them, uh, share like gospel. So. Yeah, those are great points that you brought up. I, I, I was thinking as you were talking about that, the questions. Um, I heard today a testimony of, of someone who was saying that uh, they were at a restaurant and the the steaks came in overdone, right? And so they got the manager like, hey, you know, our steaks are overdone. They're almost burnt. And the guy goes, oh, man, I'm so sorry. He goes, you know, I, I'm the new manager here. And he goes, I really apologize. I, I've been working my way up to get here. And uh, he goes, I'm so sorry. I'm going to take care of this for you. And um, the lady felt like prompted and said, said, how long did you get to work here like this? And he goes, well, he goes, my mom died when I was 16 years of age. And um, so I had, I was on the street. I had to get a job and I started as a, as a bus boy and worked my way up to this position. And then he goes, you know, I, I just, I just feel this weight always trying to, to do things right. And sometimes I, I blow it and he goes, I'm really sorry here. And she looked at the guy and she said, I just want you to know something as a mom. I want to tell you, your mom would be so proud of you. And he just started breaking down crying. And he said, how do you know that? And she said, because I'm a Christian and God wants you to know that you're not fatherless and you're not motherless, that you're not an orphan either. Because, and then she said, you know, I lost both my parents. I'm, a, I'm an orphan also. And she shared the gospel with them going into how God loves him so much. And she led him to Christ. And I thought this was a great testimony I heard on the radio today. And I was crying as I got out of the car today, right? I was like, wow, what a great opportunity to use a overcooked steak as an opportunity to share the gospel with the manager of the restaurant, right? Yeah. And and showing compassion and grace and not getting mad about it, right? That's what Christians should do. So great questions. By the way, I'm loving this. So thank you for your questions on this. Um, It's okay to get a little sidetracked here. We haven't been with you in a while. These are fantastic. Thank you. So yeah. much. No, it's okay. Yeah. I remember her comments here too. I love bits of that. That that really touched me too. So and, you, and just to caveat that, we'll kind of move on to these other comments. I think that's another encouragement to, to be open to the Lord's reading because you might, and oftentimes in my life, I might be praying for a person and I might be praying even for a specific way to minister to that person. And that might not work out the way the Lord has it planned. You know, he might have something else to be planned. So be open. It's how the Lord can lead. Be open to opportunities that might present itself that might not necessarily be what you had in mind. You have to be open to those things too. Kind of like Brother Tuan said, who would have thought that burnt steaks could be a, an opportunity to present the gospel to someone, right? So that's just an encouragement there. Uh, we had a comment here. Um, Nora the Explorer, she said, I've heard asking them what they think uh, happens when we die. Yeah, that's that's a great, you know, that's a great if the opportunity calls for it, be like, hey, you know what happens when you die? And that can be a great conversation starter. Uh, Alphabet 718 says Tactics by Greg Kogel. It's a great book to help you get over the fear of evangelizing and sharing the gospel. Yep, that's a book that, we, that we, we've talked about. We recommend a lot. 
It's just about apologetics, sharing the faith, or defending the faith. So it's a great intro book to that. Uh, uh, one thing that Greg Hochul does a lot is he says you should ask people questions. So that's what we're talking about as well. Um, so those are just great things. Amen. I'm so glad that you guys are praying for people. That's, I think, another huge aspect of it is how can I pray for you? And I will say this. If you're a Christian and you go out to eat, make sure you tip the person really big, even if they messed up. Show them grace. Tip them big because, you know, the number one complaint I always hear about um, is oh, Christians don't tip. They're stingy. Well, as a Christian, we're supposed to be generous. Generosity is supposed to be one of the fruits of the Spirit. And I, I strongly recommend if you're going to go out to eat, make sure you tip big. Uh, that's a that's a condition my wife and I have. I mean, we don't always get to eat out, but when we eat out, uh, which is probably maybe once every month and a half, right, um, on a date night, we will tip big, and we always love doing it because we always want to share the gospel with them, right? And uh, it, you you should see the tears that that some of the waiters and waitresses have have shed because they're shocked, you know, and so. I, I encourage you, be generous. Be generous. Remember, some of these people are hurting. Some of them are single, uh, single moms, single dads. They, they've lost a loved one. They're, they're down on their luck. They're at that restaurant, and they need every penny they can, can, can get. Wow, this is this is good stuff tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Current events was going to turn into how yeah. stuff, <laughs> right? That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, guys, keep it coming. If you have any more questions, whatever, we'll answer it. Um, but just to uh, you know, get to get to the topic at hand here, we'll start with the Middle East. Just go through some of the Middle East events, and we'll talk about technology and some other things. Um, so the first series of articles here, the first three, focus on Israel Saudi Arabia normalization agreements, the Abraham Accords, um, and just kind of an update on them. So we've talked about this a lot. Uh, so the first article here is from the Jerusalem Post. Uh, the headline is Israel and Saudi Arabia to be linked by future railway. So Israel and Saudi Arabia can be linked by future railway, the opening leg of which Israel is embarking on now uh, with the new Israeli sectoral 100 billion project to construct the high-speed train. Um, the linked project, the linked, the he linked that, or Netanyahu, I guess, he linked that project, the potential of an Israeli Saudi normalization deal. So why that article is important, as well as these other ones that we're talking about, just that it kind of has to do with the normalization. While we bring that up is in relation to CECO 38, Nations in the future, last days, will go against Israel for spoil. Um, some of those nations will just protest an invasion. Israel, uh, or sorry, Saudi Arabia, who we believe is part of that, will be protesting it. So we have to believe that, well, that presupposes that they're on good terms, right? And we've been talking about for years now how Saudi Arabia may be the next nation to kind of uh, fall into the Abraham Accords as well. So next our there's Israel 365 News. Biden says Israel's side normalization may be underway. U.S. President Joe Biden said on Friday, and this is from July 30th, so this is a few weeks back already. said on Friday that normalization agreement between Israel and Saudi Arabia to be coming, according to Reuters. Um, he did not provide any details, but the comments came as Biden dispatched U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan to Saudi Arabia to discuss the possibility that the kingdom joined the Abraham Accords. Sullivan last to visit Saudi Arabia on May 7th. Together with McKirk and Ochsane, Sullivan told NBS during that visit that the United States sees an opportunity for Israel for Israel Saudi deal by the end of the year. It's a kind of big deal. The Prince reported to say he wants to ship from incremental steps to one big package that would include strong for U.S. military cooperation. 
And then again, another article here, kind of the same thing. August 1st, Israel Perspective News, Israel Foreign Minister says Saudi deal closer than ever. So Israel is closer than it has ever been. So a peace agreement with Saudi Arabia um, says Foreign Minister Eli Cohen. Um, so more of that last thing here is on Saad, on Saturday, Faisal J. Abbas, lead editor of English language daily or Arab News, wrote in a rare editorial on the subject that following the latest visit by U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan to Jeddah last week, it is highly likely that a peace deal might be possible. And why that was important to the article was that this came from Saudi media. So they said virtually all Saudi media operates under direct control of the state. And it is likely that all opinion pieces have been pre-approved and are closely aligned with these So for basically the Saudi news journalists to report this and say it is highly likely that a peace deal might be possible, essentially Israel through Sivak News is arguing that that would have been vetted by Saudi Arabia media and then they would have agreed with it to allow that to go out. Um, so that further goes with the view that, hey, there might be this peace still going forward soon. Uh, that shows the strengthening ties in Israel and Saudi Arabia, which essentially send the stage for Blurry Buttons. Yeah, I mean, those are all big news, especially with the oil uh, that you brought up. Uh, you know, something else that we want to talk about is AI is taking over everything. We know that, right? But what you're also seeing is AI is taking over in the oil industry. Um, there were some articles that came out about it this week and they're, and um, it's going to make things way more efficient and reduce costs. Uh, interesting enough that I, I think that this is all one of those segues that you're seeing here. You're seeing everything come into formation. You're seeing AI being involved on every aspect of it. And uh, uh, pretty amazing, but it's all going towards that Ezekiel 38 as you predicted. But it has a longer term effect going into the tribulation. So it's a stepping stone that we need to watch and, and pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, and and we talked about this too in our last update too, and we gave examples of how much AI is being a great society. Obviously, we're seeing it in things like like Rose Swan said, oil, you know, oil and gas operations. Now they're using AI for that. We talked about how they're trying to use AI for making laws and legislations and actually like you know enacting those things in in legislation and and in the government. So AI is being entrenched more and more in society. That's why it makes us believe that, man, the image of the beast, man, whether it's some type of robot or has to do with artificial intelligence, or even at the very least, I believe personally, I'll speak for myself here, I believe when we read places like Revelation 13, where the beast, the Antichrist, has authority over everyone on earth, you have to ask yourself, how is one man going to have authority over everyone on earth? And as we're seeing society here, and you know, on people like, you know, it's like the world that can form who they're trying to utilize technology like digital ID, central bank digital currency to take to have control over people's lives. Um so as we see this technology get set up, it, it makes us believe that man, that's how that past in Revelation can be filled with these kind of technologies that are kind of being used now. Um so yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, so our next article is also in the Middle East. Uh this is from the Jerusalem Post. Iran moves closer towards Possible nuclear weapons test. Look, uh, when you look at Isaiah 17, you look at Zechariah, you look at the prophecies about Elam in, in Jeremiah 49, um, you realize that something nuclear goes off, okay, somewhere. Uh, whether it's Damascus, whether it's Elam, there's a disaster that takes place that poisons the water there. We know that a nuke is eventually going to go off in the Middle East. 
Um, what is scary is that this stuff is coming from Iran. So with the last week's news about uh, Israel hitting Damascus art, um, you're starting to see things line up with Isaiah 17, line up with Psalm 83. It seems like it's heading in that direction. Um, but this is a pretty serious uh, news report that Iran is moving closer to possible nuclear weapons test. And this is according to the snippet, which is um, according to Dutch intelligence report. Last year, Iran uh, proceeded with its nuclear program. The country continues to increase its stocks of 20% and 60% enriched uranium by means of centrifuges. This can be used for further enrichment to the 90% enrichment uranium needed for a nuclear weapon. Understand? They're almost there. In fact, there is some German uh, intelligence agencies that are actually reporting, yeah, they're already there. They've already completed. They're working on second and third weapons. So whatever is going on here, we're seeing that explosiveness, excuse the pun, starting to take place in the Middle East. All right? Yeah. Yeah, and just to kind of uh, double down what you were saying there to kind of give you a lot more context. When he says like Isaiah 17, for example, um, because the, the the belief with this is that, for example, Iran, they've been trying to get nukes for a long time. Israel, obviously, they're saying that they're not going to sit down as that happens, they were going to defend themselves. Um, so the belief there is that Isaiah 17 talking about the destruction of Damascus, that Iran entrenching themselves within uh, Syria, that they're going to, they might have a nuclear weapon they bring there. Israel is going to see that, say we want to defend our people. They're going to strike Damascus where the nuclear, uh, where the nuke might be. Um, so that's, that's the idea there. I know personally, I, I believe that um, in years past, I'm still kind of, I still want to do a deeper dive into that, but that's the general context of what Bruce Spahn's talking about. Um, just so you guys know. Absolutely. Um, what do you have for us next on, uh, I guess the, uh, technology stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about the, the oil price, how, uh, AI is breathing life already mentioned that one in there. And then, um, this is interesting because. This is probably one of the biggest issues that is affecting the world right now is the World Economic Forum. And we can sit here all day. In fact, Dio, why don't you tell everyone what the World Economic Forum is? The World Economic Forum is just a forum of, honestly, at this point, just a forum of, of the world elites. You know, a lot of people within government who go to, where is it? Davos, Davos, Switzerland, I believe the World Economic Forum is. So, you know, if you've heard the name Klaus Schwab, and I believe a lot of us now have heard of people, you know, they're the people who are saying, you know, the Great Reset, the world needs to change, we need to bring about these changes. So that's the World Economic Forum. They gather around many times over the year to talk about the global change they can make to basically make our lives better. And a lot of people go to this forum, people like President Xi Jinping, Putin's gone there, President Trump. A lot of these guys have gone there to talk, to, to hear speeches and things like that. Um, but they're the they're the kind of the movers and shakers. In our game. They're the ones the big ideas, uh, kind of like Klaus Schwab says. They're the ones with the big dreams that believe that they have the power to kind of change how the world is. Um, so that's how that's the world they have for them, essentially. Uh, and, and this is what this article says. And I'm just going to read that little brief snippet from it. First, you have the World Economic Forum, the WEF, and their platform for shaping the future of media, entertainment, and culture. They're involved in all three media, entertainment, culture, but they're also involved in politics. There is a guesstimate that I heard the other day that there's only three world leaders that haven't attended the economic school from the World Economic Forum that are in power right now. 
Only three. Everyone else is a Krauss Schwab disciple. And I recommend that you read Billy Crone's book, um, uh, Krauss Schwab and the, th and the Third Reich. I think it's a real important book to read. Um, but then he says, second, you have the World Federation of Advertisers, the WFA, also controlled by Krauss Schwab and the World Economic Forum, who represent mega corporations that control 90% of the global advertising dollars. Which I understand it. 90%. In fact, there's an estimate that eight companies right now in the entire world control 99% of the food supply. Unilever, Nestle is one of them. So this is a big deal. Well, WFA members are a who's who of a global business and include some of our recent woke field favorites like Bud Light's parent company, Anheuser-Busch, uh, InBev, Hershey, Procter & Gamble, Lego, Disney, Unilever, Nestle. I mean, the list is goes on and on and on, right? You better pay attention because they're going to control your thoughts and your minds through the mega corporations, through the advertising, through the social media, all media platforms, even entertainment and culture. And you're being bombarded from all directions, all directions. This company that just came out with Skittles, right? The brand Skittles, they just went woke. In fact, they're going right straight next to Bud Light as the next uh, champion of transgender rights. Really? So, yeah, and it got announced today. I just saw that little article earlier on today. This is what is going on, and it's do being done by the World Economic Forum. And what is it that they're trying to do? They're trying to get us back to Sodom and Gomorrah, back to a world that rejects God completely, back to... You know, a one world government that was back in the time of of the uh, Tower of Babel and, and Nimrod. They want that because they want to reject God. They want to storm heaven and they want to kill God, right? Because they don't want his morality. And the Psalm 2, one of my favorite Psalms, why do the nations rage, right? God's sitting up there and he's laughing. He's chuckling because they think they can accomplish this because they've been deceived by Satan who is the god of this world, and he's going to send them in destruction. And my one of my favorite verses in Isaiah 14 where it says, is this the one who shook the earth? Like, everyone's in the pit with Satan, and they're looking at him going, that's the guy we followed? That's the guy we listened to? That's the one who shook the earth? What? That, this? This? I want you to understand that he's defeated. Yeah, he's the God of this world right now. But Jesus is coming. It's Friday. The cross is bloody. The people are weeping. But Sundays are coming. Our Lord is coming. Jesus is coming back. And Satan will soon be defeated. And it goes back to what we started with at the beginning of the show. Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Not on the things of this earth. Because when Christ, who is our light, appears, we will appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. Right? Right? Yeah. That's what I'm sort of forward to. Yeah. And, you know, as I was reading this article, uh, it just uh, ultimately, I think what we're just seeing in our day and age, because we can see many articles like this, many companies like this. We can, you know, just the most obvious ones, right? Google, uh, Twitter, which is now X, right? Because the almost say the name. Um, Instagram, all these different companies, social media companies, 
it's food, but light, whatever, Target, you know, you name your company. They're trying to push us gen to change our minds to to kind of shape society in one way. And then they're taking their cues in, you know, groups like World Economic Forum or BlackRock. And, you know, we can go on and on um, on this. And for those who want like a really in-depth dive to this, um, Ali Beth Stuckey, she has a guy on, I forgot his name, who talks about like Great Reset and things like this, ESG scores and all that, BlackRock. Um, they were tied into all this and how the capital that they have, billions and trillions of dollars, then they can like cut capital from different companies, force companies to do certain things. So if it goes, it's really deep how far that it goes. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's like actually happening. And I think ultimately this just goes to show how, whether these guys believe in Satan or God or not, and I believe some of them do, and whether they believe so or not, a lot of what they're doing is a rejection of God, right? Again. They're they're really, I believe, in some of the things they're doing, saying the state for about props, right? In terms of shaping society, whether it's through technology, trying to control population, trying to reduce population in the earth, or trying to create one world government, and all these things, it's what the Bible says. So it's not that literally everything they do is sending the state for about prophecy. But you can start as we're seeing this picture get clear and clear, we start seeing things like, wait a minute, you want a world world government here, and you're trying to do that through climate change and and you want to, you know basically chip everybody and have everybody have chips in their brains, like Poshroff has said, for the fourth industrial revolution. And, you know, Revelation kind of talks about that, or at least this has allusions to Revelation. And, you know, we can start putting these pieces together and we're we basically say to ourselves, man, we're getting close, right? And that kind of goes back to what you're saying, that Jesus Christ is coming. Like, let's set our minds above and let's have him late. Because if we keep our minds too much into this, we can get lost. He can breed fear. They should actually breed excitement. Like, man, this shows us that Jesus Christ is coming. They can do whatever they want. Jesus is going to judge them one day if they don't repent. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's at least what gets me excited. You know, you have two choices in life when it comes to this stuff. You can go grab your gun, okay? And I'm not saying anything about guns, okay? I'm just saying you can go grab your gun and try to solve the problem on your own, right? Or you can leave your gun alone. You can go grab your Bible and get on your knees and you can pray. And you can pray hard. And the God who is above all things, the one true God, can open up the throne of heaven and he can bestow grace upon grace upon you as an individual. And he can watch over you and he can protect you. I want you to understand that because too often we try to rely on ourselves. And I think this is because of the society we live in trust yourself, believe in yourself. We hear all these lines from the media. But the fact is we can't. Because if we could trust ourselves, we could believe in ourselves, we wouldn't be continually making the same mistakes that we made and going to God and going, uh, God, can you get me out of this mess I just made of myself? Right? There's no atheists in foxholes for a very good reason. Right? We They need God to save them. And in this very sense, I love what Joshua said to Israel, choose this day whom you're going to serve. This is the time. This is it. This is that moment that in the sand, that line in the sand, where you need to choose who you're going to follow. You're either going to follow Jesus or you're going to follow the world. You're either going to love God or you're going to love the world. But if you love the world, make no mistake about it. The world and all of it that's with it is going to wither. It's going to die. It's going to fade away. But if you love God and you follow Jesus and you give your life to Christ, 
you have an eternity that is secured, is a guaranteed promise made by God, but through the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross 2,000 years ago, that you will never be put to shame for believing on him. And I think that tonight, uh, this is probably the most important thing. We've talked about sharing the gospel, but this has got to be the most important aspect of it is tonight, make that decision. Make that decision to follow Jesus. Make that decision to go, yeah, you're right. The world's going crazy, and all I'm doing is getting angry about it. All I'm thinking about is who I'm going to stop. This governor over here, that that mayor over there, this school board meeting over there. But in the end, it's worthless if God isn't with you, and you're not on your knees praying. Prayer accomplishes much. The biggest problem for many Christians is they don't get on their knees, and they're not asking God what to do where the direction come from. They're not asking the God in heaven where Christ is seated to open up the doors of heaven and, and bestow the bounty that they have, the riches in heaven that they have as a Christian in the air of the gospel. In the What I mean by that, in the uh, in, uh, inheritance that you've received from Jesus Christ. Think about that. You have a rich inheritance in Christ Jesus. What do you think, I have? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'll I let you close. <laughs> it's all the way you close already. I guess I'll do a second closing. But yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, again, guys, just to tie it back, you know, you, you kind of spaced out everything you just said. You know, we want to bring it back ultimately to the gospel. We want to bring it back to encouragement. I'll, I'll, as we usually wrap up, we usually wrap up with the verse just to encourage you guys and then to share the gospel. Uh, a passage I haven't read in a long time, but love to read is 2 Peter 3, verses 10 to 13. It really goes well with that second Harbinger's article we went over with the five with the five different points. Um, so verse 10 here says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away, with the roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all of these things should be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt into intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So I just love that passage. Because again, if we boil it down, what Peter's talking about here is that we know from Scripture that there's going to be new heavens and new earth. This current hurt and heaven, they're going to be destroyed. So let's be heavenly minded. If we know this is going to happen, why do you want to focus on the things of this earth why do we want to attach ourselves to things of this earth why do we want to keep our hands firmly closed and and, and you know holding on to the things of this earth if it's going to be burned up we should be setting our sights on what's coming right and because of that we should live holy we should share a gospel we should be telling people about what's to come. um so if you're watching this or if you're listening to this now or after the fact we just want to encourage you it starts coming soon don't be scared of everything you've heard or listened to you know or watch tonight Jesus is going to eventually judge the wicked, and that's a hope that we have because he's going to judge the wicked. Um, and then we know we're going to be with the Lord in heaven. We're going to be serving with them. We, we have, we're going to be selling promises for the church, and that's awesome to look forward to. But if you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ yet, none of those promises apply to you. Your future, apart from Christ, is hell if you were to die today. If you're into to live another day and go through the tribulation, it, you have all those judgments to look forward to, right? So we do this to say that, hey, you don't want to go through that time. You don't want to face God's wrath on earth. But more importantly, you do not want to die today and face God 
and then be sent to hell for eternity, right? So our encouragement to you is to believe on Christ today. So just like Brother Son says, choose today who you will serve. And we hope, we pray that you will choose Christ um, for eternal salvation. Amen. Amen. I guess that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. So we're hey, we're a little bit short off of one hour, but we actually we actually made it to the one hour. We were thinking that with the material we got that we wouldn't be able to even make it to one hour, but we did pretty good tonight. Hey, we so many of you guys we talked to you throughout times. You you message us, Nora the Explorer. Um, we love you. I thank you so much. Uh the official David, uh TNO, the Nephilim Objective. Well, by the way, great he has great content for you guys. Um, look at his site. It's really good content. Uh, shine the light brightly. Um, Sunny, uh, Natalie, it was good to see you. And uh, so many of you. Uh, oh, Joby, I haven't seen you forever. Uh, Jesus Copy, Dot Planning, awesome. Thank you for joining us. And uh, it, it was it was just so good to see oh, so many of you. Um, if I didn't mention your name, but we just love you guys. And we just want to say thanks for, for being here tonight with us. And uh, uh, Sunez was in the room. Some long timers were in here. So yeah. thank you so much for joining all of us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. So as usual, guys, uh, we hope you have a good night. Uh, we will be posting this episode on podcast later. We'll have the show notes on our website as well. So make sure to visit our website, the show notes for this episode and many other episodes in the past. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, um, and uh, you know Spotify and any other place you get your podcasts. Good night, everyone, and God bless you, and uh, uh, we'll see you around, and we'll see you soon in heaven together. God bless. Good night, guys.